Howdy, Scrappers. Zach here, voice of your very own Stabracadabrat, Brixby Renttail. We wanted to take a second and express our gratitude for all the support and feedback that we've been receiving from y'all. It means more to us than all the sky metal in Numeria. If you haven't yet, come check out our Discord. You can hang out with us, talk about the show, Pathfinder, whatever. Even tell us what rules we got wrong in the last episode. It's probably a lot of them. Also, we're going to have a special announcement for episode 10. You're going to want to keep an eye out for that. Episode 10, double digits. How did we get so old? Anyway, this is Pod Against the Machine. Pod Against the Machine. Welcome back to Pod Against the Machine, the only podcast whose episode lengths correspond directly with my caffeine intake. I'm your host, GM Sam, and I didn't plan anything ahead of time, so we're going to default back to Jeff going first. Oh, snap! I'm Jeff. Hello and greetings. Welcome to the episode. I'm Jeff, the player behind the man who is known as Asher Halich. Who is this mysterious man? Will we find out more today? Stay tuned, and we'll kick it over to Jero. Okay, I uh, was not expecting to go second, so Got him. Uh, like our GM, I do not have anything to say. Uh, I am Jero, and once again, I will be playing the part of Vargas No Clan. And Zach, who are you playing? Hi, everybody. I'm Zach, and I play a rat on the internet. Uh, no, I play Brixby Renttail, and let's pop it over to our friend, Izzy. Hello, I'm Izzy. I play Kira Smith. I would love to add something else to this sentence. Unfortunately, I'm going to trail off unsatisfyingly, and we'll have to live with All right. Uh, when we last left our story, we um, everyone had leveled up to level two, and had bought some healing items as were determined off screen and journeyed back under the stinky, disgusting water through the caves, made a quick drop off of 250 feet of rope with our friends, the skulks. Um, that sucked. And then we headed on into a mysterious desert dome like structure beneath the hill where, uh, there was a trail and the heroes chose to ignore the trail and head off to the north where they found some skeletons. Skeletons with four arms. Uh, these were not friendly creatures. They did attack and they didn't put up much of a fight. But during the fight, um, a couple of the skeletons displayed a weird green glowing eye ability that we were able to determine meant that someone or something was watching. So we now pick it up in that desert, standing amongst the bodies of three four-armed skeletal kasathas lying in the sand. 
Yeah, none of the uh, Kasatha skeletons seem to have anything but their bones on them. It, um, unsettles me greatly that if someone was watching us through these bows, then Brixby will look down at the wrecked skeletons and then back up at his party. Has anyone ever seen anything like these before? I know, Asher, you said they were alien, but I've, well, I was going to say I've lived in this area my whole life, but I've actually been gone several years, but I feel like I would have heard if creatures like this had moved in. Has anyone seen anything like these before? I'm pretty sure these guys are new here, or at least they've never been up on the surface. But Sam can probably confirm that. Sam? Um, yeah, I, I don't think any of you, um, barring, I believe it was Asher who was able to identify them, has ever heard of these uh, four-armed humanoids, whatever they looked like when they had skin, stuff other than bones. You know as well as I do, uh, plenty of strange things fall from the sky. And if these are aliens, it's no more odd than the sky metal that speckles our great Numeria. That said, this unsettles me a great bit more. You probably can't even turn these guys into swords. Well, maybe. I guess if you really try. Speaking of swords, they were clearly being controlled by something, but why send them to attack us with no armor, no weapons? You'd think if there was a necromancer or whatever is controlling them, whatever those lights were, it would put up a better defense than this. I, um, had the misfortune once traveling with a, a necromancer, as you call it. The thing is, when they're already dead, they don't care. That's the defense. They're just lifeless shields between us and them, and even more so, ones that give them information. This is scary. We're looking at serious power here. Brixby, do you feel okay to keep going? If it's as bad as you say, and you, with the thing about your head, or or something else, I don't know. It seems like you had a long night. There's going to be a lot of stuff up ahead, if what you're saying is right. I appreciate it, and my head is pounding. Something wrong with this, Bunce. But it, it won't stop me from being as uh, useful as I have been, eh? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, I'm fine to go on. Speaking of which, I um, might have a little trick that might help if we're dealing with more of these um, walking bones. And uh, do we mind sitting here just a bit, 10, 15 minutes or so? Not at all. I'm not an expert in the remains of creatures, but perhaps I can determine how long they've been, well, bones. And while you're doing your thing, Asher would roll a heal check with a, with a plus zero bonus. So, get excited. It's the first roll, inaugural roll of the pod for these Gears of Fate po- uh, dice from Awesome Dice. It's a natural seven for a total of a seven. Nailed it. 
Well, um, with a seven heel check, I'd say you can tell that. And these bones are they're completely dry. There's not a speck of flesh left on them. Now, you are in a, a desert area, but it's not, it's not particularly hot here. It is dry, but it's no hotter than it is on the surface. Uh, but you know, chances are for the flesh to be completely decomposed, they didn't die particularly recently. Sounds about right. Still trying to figure out what the heck this is. Reminds me of uh, the beginning of the Disney Tarzan movies. The only thing I can think of, like they get shipwrecked and then they drag the boat like up into a tree and make a treehouse out of it. Like I'm wondering if these things crashed and then built like a house because we passed through that thing that was like a door that had like decontamination like it feels like this whole place is made out of like leftover parts probably from a starship but i don't know if these guys built it and got killed or what the heck is going on uh yeah i mean in character bricks would look up from the the kind of paper he has unrolled around him and say i mean I've um, spent a lot of time under the ground in Maria, and um, some passages, some rooms, they uh, they weren't built there. Whether they were crashed or transported or I don't know, but I I think you're onto something if you think that. Um, this is the wreckage or or the the cobbled together bits of something else. I mean, we'll only know by searching, but I've seen some strange things. Looks back to his papers. The real question is this I'm I said before necromancer, I have to assume that that's what it would be. Are they one of these things? And he points towards the uh, dead Kasatha. Are they human? Is it maybe someone from the Technic League discovered this? They have powerful mages. It just seems like the further we go into here, the more questions we have with no real answers yet. We still haven't found anything that could help us relight the torch. We haven't found the missing wizard from town. We haven't been able to do much of anything down here other than run into a few bodies. And now, whoever this is knows we're coming. Did they ever... The, our friends with the short stabby swords... Did they give a, a, a race to that woman with the purple hair? Do you think she could be doing this? I mean, she doesn't sound like a nice person if she came here and then there was trouble. Hmm. I know, remember only that she was a woman. I don't recall them speaking about her ethnicity. Yeah, forearms are too. Um, I think she's the type that plays with bones. It doesn't really matter what her heritage is. She could do this if the bodies were here. Um, has it been about 15 minutes or so? Or are we still 
I would say that you're about 10 minutes or so in um, at this point, and while everybody's talking, I'm afraid three more of these Kasatha skeletons come wandering in in a two separate groups, one to one side of you and two on the other side. The one that's by itself has those glowing green eyes. I'm going to need everybody to roll for initiative. Now, when you say wandering, is it like a fun, sort of an old-timey piano wandering? Like a David S. Pumpkin situation wandering? Oh, that's not good. Should not have been trying to make a joke. They look pretty jaunty. Okay, well... (laughs) Um, well, Jeff looks happy, so what did Brixby get? Uh, uh, wow. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, that's I'm a, confused. an interesting way to ask that question. Wow. <laughs> Jeff looks psychic. <laughs> what did Zach get? Hi, and welcome to Pot Against the Machine. This is our first episode. We all just and met. We're just meeting. Um, I've never met any of you before. Um, I'm Izzy, so... and I'm playing Vargas. <laughs> Yes, I, Zach Brixby, rolled a 17, giving me dirty 20 on my initiative. Okay, it's only letting me put Kasathas in the initiative tracker, but okay. Rigged. (laughs) What did Asher get, Jeff? Uh, Moving on up with this Gears of Fate dice to a natural 8, bringing me to a 12. Nice, nice. And Izzy, how about Kara? Izzy has a 5, uh... As does Kira. No, actually, because Izzy rolled a five, so Kira has her five initiative bonus. Hello. Uh, what was the name of the pod again? Just just so we're clear. That's going to be a ten. <laughs> okay. And how about Vargas? Vargas has an eight because uh, after looking at every other spot on this die, trying to figure out if I rolled a six or a nine, I discovered that I rolled a six. All right. Well... The good news is, now I know everybody's names. The bad news is, the Kasatha skeletons go first. Quick bones. They are very, very quick, shambling bone monsters. I mean, to be fair, we were distracted (laughs) with the naming. That's true. (laughs) That was my strategy all along. I'm filling in the initiative tracker now that I can, because like my brain, my browser needed to refresh. And we're going to start with a nice Charger-Rooney. So, Kasatha number one is going to charge at Vargas. All right. That is a 17 to hit versus flat-footed. That, oh, versus flat-footed, yes, that is definitely a hit. All right, nothing huge, four damage. Kasatha skeleton number two is going to charge Kira. That is a nat one, so I'm guessing that automatic not hit is going to be an automatic not hit. Certainly is, Sam. See, I'm good at this now. And this one's just going to sort of go its own way up there. All right, and we are to Brixby. So Brixby, uh, at the outside of the battle, was uh, sat cross-legged on the ground with a couple pieces of very delicate paper in front of him. He's going to take a move action to put away his uh, paper and a move action to stand up. Not very exciting, but is accurate. All right. And Asher. Yeah, uh, Asher, he sees, I think, the one up to his northeast 
and wishes it was a little bit closer. Not that he would ever do that intentionally, keeping him far away from me, I'm sure. Uh, so with that being the case, he will fan to his west just a little bit, 10 feet to get a nice clean shot at the one now directly south of him just within his 25 feet range to take a shot at the one which is threatening Vargas. He does have precise shot now at level two and uh, we'll take a shot at old bones. That's much better. Gears of Fate dies 17 on the die for a 24 against touch AC. Uh, 24 will do it. I'd certainly hope so. I feel like there's a, there's a requirement in the GM handbook about saying if something looks like more capable, beefier versions. Uh-oh, one on the die uh, for a total of two. Count them two points of bludgeoning and piercing damage. All right, and it looks like that two points of damage all goes through. Uh, so you have uh, taken a chunk out of this brittle, brittle skeleton. And we will go to Kira. Awesome. Despite me accidentally clicking next twice. <laughs> yes, I will take that turn. Yeah, these guys aren't super strong. Let's go for just a standard attack. So we'll go for this guy right down to her, what is that, like south? <laughs> Southwest, we'll call it. <laughs> well, I guess good thing we didn't go for the power attack. That's an eight to hit. No, wait a second, guys. I am not all here. It is Tuesday night. That's a 14 to hit. I have a sword in my hand, and that comes with additional modifiers, as opposed to just the number on the die. I know how to play this game. 14. Thanks to the fact that these things just charged last round, a 14 will hit. Excellent. And in accordance with the standard game rules, I shall now roll additional dice. <laughs> oh, thank God. Uh, um, max damage. That's a 6 plus a 6 plus another 6 for 18 points of damage. <laughs> Boom goes the cassava skeleton. Excellent. It crumples into a pile of inert bones once more. Or not once more. Like its buddies. <laughs> it's friends. Um, and I guess I will move my use my move action. How many squares is this square? Excellent. I'm going to go ahead and flank this other guy. Just for funsies. Getting my steps. Uh, with Vargas. Down. So, and that's my turn. All right, you did walk through a threatened square there, so it's gonna take a swing at you. Yep, sure did. I'm gonna. That's fine. Love it. Love it. Into uh, it. That is a twenty-one to hit. Ooh. No, that's that's you know I got got overconfident. Uh, that's a hit. That is gonna hit. Now it lashes out with a claw for maximum damage. That's gonna be five points of slashing. And we are on to Vargas. You have the flank. So this group is still unarmed too, right? Yeah, they just have the four bone claws attached to their bodies. Yeah, that does not bode well for us that these things are unarmed and hitting for 21. Uh, let's see, so I do have that flanking, and you know what? These guys are weak to bludgeoning. I'm going to try to punch it. 15 on the die, so with... That is a 21. A 21 will hit. 1d6 plus 2. Punch. Ooh, that is 
not great. Minimum damage. Three damage. Crunch. That is enough to fell the skeleton with the bullet hole in it. It collapses. You now have a pretty copious pile of bones in a little 25-foot square here. And the last remaining Kasatha skeleton, the one with the glowing eyes, continues heading up to the north, and then it takes a right and disappears into the darkness. We should move. Clearly they know where we are. He's going to keep sending them until we either deal with him or leave. Do we think that whoever this person is has an unlimited supply of Kasatha skeletons? It may well be we can simply sit here and farm XP as they respawn. And then as we grow in power, we'll be more equipped to take down this necromancer. Well, if we're going to do that, I would prefer to collect a small arbitrary trinket, perhaps a coin, a feather, a broken piece of pottery, just just so I can say I did it. Agreed. And Asher reloads. Set it on air. I, um, I get the impression that it wants us to follow it. If, uh, whoever controls these skeletons can move it around, I have a feeling that they're smart enough to lure us into a trap. Out here, we can see them coming. They have to run to disadvantage themselves. I, um, don't want to disagree with you, Junk Punch, but I, I need to continue this study. If I'm going to be effective at all, if we see more undead quite confident this little trick i've got might be useful how much more time do you still need um if the gm is kind five minutes yeah we'll let those previous 10 minutes count (laughs) and i shall stand watch they caught us by surprise last time and i won't allow that to happen again he'll uh stand and sort of face that direction where he last saw and have a a plant ready to shoot. If a skeleton or other hostile intentioned creature approaches within 25 feet. All right. Vargas will uh, also go a little bit south towards this uh, little rock outcropping over here. And we'll also ready to attack if one gets in range of a uh, range spell. Specifically, uh, a uh, acid splash. Because he's not going to be wasting any of his real spells on these things. Well, I have no ranged actions yet. Kira will move over here just to uh, round out the triangle. Round out the... Let's not talk about it. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> to complete the triangle, it's a it's a known fact that undead can't stand geometry. <laughs> it's gonna be a good episode. <laughs> um, no range spells. However, if something approaches melee range, Akira will attack. All right. Well, the five minutes go by, and you are not further bothered by any more skeletons. Um, at the end of the five minutes, Bricks gathers up his uh, pieces of paper, puts them back inside the kind of loose sheaf that he has, um, extends his left paw, uh, and cants under his breath, 
and a small kind of pulse of translucent white light shoots out a short distance before terminating. Right. Yeah. That's it. Um, well, thanks for the uh, effective security detail, team. Um, I'm good to pursue those bones. If people think it's prudent, otherwise, we may want to clear all of the corners of the room. What do you think? He turns back to Asher. Yes, I, for one, despite the path that we saw and triumphantly ignored, would like to, n- to know what is headed, what is in this direction. Words are difficult in this space here in the desert. I find myself distracted by thoughts of home and general wordsmithery. He was a soldier that I, I once knew. <laughs> I uh, will always remember him. What about you two? Do you want to pursue the skeleton to the northeast or check with south of us? We know the one to the north is an obvious trap, but us knowing it's a trap could help us avoid it. I think we should follow that, try to see if either we can take it out or get some clue as to what's going on. Also, that ability you just did, I didn't realize you were a mage. Oh, <laughs> mate, mate, that's a lofty term, mate. It can't be dead weight around here. Um, I don't speak of him much. My late brother, Vof, who I lost a long, long time ago, had a gift for it. More like my mum, he was. I take after my dad, you know, picks and knives and things. Uh, he just tried to teach me a bit. Seems like something stuck, eh? Yes, seems you're rather full of surprises. Well, I've uh, never not been accused of being full of something. But usually it's just dinner. Pat's a stomach, um, changing the subject. Right, so um, to the north. We didn't get a full consensus on that. Kira, do you agree as well? Oh, sorry, I was still mourning... Asher's friend, uh, Mr. Smithery. Yeah, let's go north. Yes, I should tell you more about this general at some point, when we're not set upon by hordes of undead. Sounds good. Uh, Bricks will walk closer to Fargus. Yeah, do you have any spells at your disposal versus the undead? I found something in these notes I have. It allows me to damage walking corpses. I was wondering if you knew it. An ability that I can use. I, I'm not sure exactly how your particular spellcasting works. I know from my time in Burund that it's different for different spellcasters. I'm still not exactly quite sure why. 
But while I can't use it, I do know an ability to disrupt the undead. Is your something similar? Right, yeah. Yeah, I'm a little unclear on the word, but my translation did loosely approximate to disruption of negative life force. So I think, I think this is the same knowledge. Yeah, mate, once we're out of this cave, I'd be interested in talking about this further. As you come up towards the uh, cliff face on the northeastern side of this desert environment, uh, you find that over here, it's not as much of a a featureless, um, impassable cliff. There's actually undulations in it. There's a first a sort of wide but shallow cave that just is scooped into the into the wall, but next to it a much narrower cave that seems to go back farther, farther than you can even see. It's all perfectly dark. There don't seem to be any light sources. And along the walls here there are crude paintings done in maybe some kind of chalk it looks like of the same four-armed people, but maybe non-skeletal, maybe when they were alive, with spears and different tools, hunting all manner of of alien-looking creatures. Are we able to fit through this kind of narrow opening to the second cave? Yeah, it's a little bit squeezing, but you can get through. Okay. Do these ones look as old as the ones in the front looked? These drawings look like they've been here for a long, long time. And you said they look similar to the ones that we saw in the entrance to the cave, like we think probably the same kind of chalk-type look. Yeah. Can I make a perception check, mainly to check around the entrance of this cave on the bottom, south cave? Okay. Mm -mm. Continuing to lean into the dumpster fire, as has been said, with a nine. Oh, well, although, again... Plus a seven for, what, 16? Um, as you look through the narrow part of the cave, it, it opens up a little bit and seems to split in two different directions. Uh, one heading more to the east and one more to the south. But it, it seems quiet. You can't see anything to the extent of your vision uh, from where you stand, except rock walls eventually and darkness eventually. Um, Gira, I can take a look as well. Dark tight caves are kind of my my thing that is a 24 16 on the die but if there are high tech or mechanical traps then add one to that uh, there don't appear to be any high tech or mechanical traps uh, but you can pick up the what appears to be the trail of the undead Kasatha it looks like it uh, took a right headed off towards the south um so since we've all sense this is a trap. Uh, what's our approach? Do we want to go in strong? Or would you like me to sneak in? See what the rooms look like. I feel like stealth is probably the smart way to go. They'll clearly be waiting for us with some sort of trap, but if we can sneak in without them realizing we're here yet, we may be able to get the jump on them. Normally I'd be inclined to agree, but if they can magically scry upon us by means already that we know of, perhaps we'd just be leading Brixby into his death. Catching them unawares may be out of the question. Yeah, Brixby, if you don't have to go by yourself, maybe you shouldn't. Well, 
I can be quite stealthy, but I would agree with Ash's assessment that um, it is questionable what drop we're going to get on them. I have determined, while I'm no tracker like Asia, that um, they did go to the south. Well, maybe then Kira and I lead and all four of us go and we take the northern passage, see if we can loop around behind them possibly. Would it be possible with a knowledge geography role? I know it's applicability underground. That might be more dungeoneering uh, to know whether we could get a feel for if those caves might actually line up. Um, I think that's probably more dungeoneering. I figured as much, but I've got these skills, you know, I just want to use them. You could try survival, maybe, to kind of orienteer yourself. I got a plus seven to dungeoneering if you want to try dungeoneering. I have a plus eight, too. I'd be happy to roll on it as well. Well, if you want to roll, I can try to aid. But not to steal your thunder. <laughs> it's never my thunder. It was always yours all along. Do not aid. <laughs> all right. Rolling with a plus eight here on my diehard dice. That's a three. Big three. So with the lack of aid, we're looking at a strong 11. Oh, you'd say it's possible. Um, you haven't even <laughs> gone around the other side of the cave, so you don't really know the, the shape of the thing or how much space it has to work. Yeah, maybe. A natural two on there. So even with my plus seven, it was still one short of an aid. <laughs> That's impressive. Let's take a survival out for a spin. I've rolled double digits once so far tonight. Let's make it twice. On the Oregon Sea Game Works, order 937 dice. Oh, yeah, it's a natural 18, bringing me up to a 22 survival. Um, I'd say with a 22 survival, um, you definitely think it's possible that these caves interconnect. They seem to be going generally in the same direction. Um, the whole place seems to be kind of limited in scope, so they couldn't probably diverge too far from one another but you can't really tell too much from here. Yes, it's a fine idea. If we need a uh, handle animal check anytime soon, team, don't worry about it. Unless someone has over a five, in which case go ahead and worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> do these caves look like they're like actual caves or do they look like they've been like dug? Like, do they look like they're worked tunnels or just natural um give me a, a knowledge nature or engineering uh would geography work um maybe yeah okay. you can give that a shot i guess i may not have those other two that's a 13 so that is a 17 knowledge geography uh they look pretty natural to you okay but the sky above us is a ceiling right you said um, where you can see it, which is only when you're close to the walls. Well, I guess Vargas can't see it at all because he doesn't have the, the dark vision, but it appears to be uh, made of sky metal. What the hell is this <laughs> Alright, so who should go first? I'll go. Bricks will step aside. I'm happy to come back up to the front if we find a door, a potential trap. Okay. Just head on down this cave. We just said northern, right? Mm -hmm. 
And uh, along the wall, um, heading into this part of this, the cave, the um, chalk paintings or etchings on the walls continue, basically showing what you assume are the Kasathas hunting don't look familiar for the most part. As you come around the corner, you do see what looks like the remains of of like a, a crude sleeping pallet, long abandoned and sort of trashed. And um, going further in, you find another room that where there are several more, where it looks like maybe it was a, a long abandoned camp. Remains of crude tools and ancient looking spears and things left on the ground to crumble away. Uh, looks like several individuals used this as a camp, but no time recently. And the cave uh, at this end uh, does come to an end there. Do we see anything of use or value in the room? Would you like us to roll a search? Uh, sure, go for or it. Or roll a perception check. Ready. Say 15 on the die. My die-hard dice have been rolling great for me tonight, giving me a... I can math 23, unless there is a high-tech or mechanical trap in this room, and God, I hope there isn't. Um, this room appears to be the opposite of high-tech and mechanical traps, and you find, um, it looks like maybe there's a spear of decent quality, and you go to pick it up, and it just falls apart in your hands. Totally decayed, and basically just the shell of what it used to be. Everything's totally dried and, and useless now. Yeah, Brix is definitely accustomed to, to finding um, remnants of past adventuring parties and relics of poor quality. So he just kind of huffs in disgust and turns back towards the party and says, Looks like it's a dead end. There's nothing if you see. Well, at least we can be confident that there's nothing will be approaching us from this direction. Looks like the southern tunnel it is. And uh, Vargas will wait here for Kira to get in the front again if she wants to, or he can lead either way. Kira's headed in that direction, and Izzy is waiting for the map to load. <laughs> here we go. As you get back and circle around the bend, this cave looks very similar to the other one, but it does open up a little bit wider after you go a little ways in, and you see more detritus on the ground near one of the walls, just discarded rags and things, stuff that looks like it's been here forever. And as you come farther towards a bend in the path. Uh, why don't we roll some perception checks? A 12 for Vargas. 19 for Bricks. It's a 14 on the die for 21. Kira? It's a natural and adjusted 13. Uh, not rolling the lowest perception score for a change. Look at that. Well, the good news is the Kasapa skeleton only got an 11 for stealth, so you all see it kind of hiding around the corner, uh, down uh, around where the cave bends off to the east. Uh, so why doesn't everybody roll for initiative and you all get a surprise round? Which is good because this thing rolls rocks for initiative. <laughs> Makes one of us skeleton. <laughs> all right, um, Jeff, what did Asher get this time? Squeaking on up there, uh, double digits 10 plus four for a total of a 14 initiative. All right, and Izzy, what did Kara get? Uh, we are at 16 on the die for a 21 again. And how about Vargas? Also a 14, but his initiative is only plus two. Oh, okay. I get you. And Brixby? Uh, eight on the die, giving me an 11. All right, we are going to sort. And Kira is first. 
How far is this guy away? Oh my god, so far away. Um, I mean, if we've got time, I'll just hustle on over there with like most of a double move. So I'm gonna head south further to the cave. In a surprise round, you only have a, a standard action or a move action, so. Mm, great, okay, so I'm gonna move just the one move then. Uh, that was for all the listeners out there who were like, how does a surprise round work? You're welcome. I'm gonna park it right here and just, just head on over further into the cave. My one move action, that is my turn. All right. And we are on to Asher. Hmm. Asher barely sees this thing around the corner and will just trudge forward 30 feet as well. Heading south. You're not trying to take a shot in your fourth range increment through a rock wall. <sighs> Tempting. <laughs> Tempting. I have rolled double digits a few times now, but now I'm going to move southeast uh, 30 feet. Eh, I'll actually end up here. Hero's a little bit in his shot, but he doesn't want to block the magic casters from being able to do magic stuff. So here being most more east than south. Paint a picture with my words. Vargas is up. Uh, he is going to see what 30 feet is for him. Uh, so yeah, he is also going to use his surprise round to move in, and he's going to uh, just move 30 feet down towards the southeast. And Brixby. And Brixby will do the exact same thing as Vargas, coming directly to his east. Now the Kasapa Skeleton is going to step out and pause just long enough for you all to get a look at the glowing green orbs where its eyes would be, were it not a skull, and it's going to disappear around the curve. Well, he does seem an awful lot like riding into a trap. Um, alright, so speaking of traps, I guess I'll make a perception check. Just, what can I see? Can I see anything? No, I cannot. That's a natural one. Uh, all right. Well, it's probably fine. That's what a natural one tells me. So I'm going to continue to move further into the cave after the uh, lost Kasapa. It's going to net me right about there. Um, one, and I haven't died yet. So I'm going to keep moving after it. Straight down. Toward, oh no, and now I can see more of the map. So I'm going to park it right here uh, and wait for my friends to come find me further in this cave. That will be my turn. And now that you are down at the uh, southern end of the cave where it turns off to the east, you can see something. Sure can. Something rather familiar around the corner. Would you like to tell anybody what that is before Asher takes his turn? Mm, please. Well, you know, the icon is a different color, but it looks an awful lot like that uh, rock thing that tried to murder everyone. We feel about uh, murder rock. Did we, did we name the murder rock? I think Asher called it target practice, although I'm not sure. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, hey, 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 guys, just with my six seconds of speech, um, there's another one of those things that tried to kill everyone, so we're all prepared. All right, see you soon. Well, that last one was... Stupid and couldn't fit through the small hole. Should we retreat back? Uh, does this one look like it can fit through this opening? Painting a picture with my words. <laughs> um, it doesn't look like it could get through the 
um, opening that you came through at the very beginning of the cave. It can probably get to you where you are now. Okay. Uh, if we get all the way back out of the cave, we might be okay. Hmm. Do you see the skeleton? Yeah, he's here too. Ah, well, then perhaps I'll come join you. Um, and I double move, so that's my turn. All right. Um, Asher is up. Asher is going to sort of summon some of his inner hastiness and something he hasn't done yet he is going to as a swift action burn a grip point to activate a daring vault which will increase my land speed by 20 feet for the turn and that is going to give me a 50 foot move speed be able to get down to here. I could have gotten exactly where Kira was ending up. Could have gone five feet farther south. That's cool. That's cool. I like it here. Uh, and that puts me within 25 feet of the very covered laden skeleton. That seems like a garbage shot. Um, but outside of that range, outside of touch range for the rock lobster. So, uh, yeah, I'll shoot the rock lobster anyway. It's big. Uh, so it's going to be against regular a sizzle, as they say. Uh-oh. Five on the die brings it up to a 12. Is it flat-footed? <laughs> I would say that it is flat-footed in that it has not acted yet and it's not necessarily the smartest creature but a 12 will not hit its flat-footed AC cool cool well I uh, I did expend a round of ammunition uh, a grit point and uh, a small tinge of personal pride and that is the end of my majestic turn Vargas is going to move up to a point where he still can't see this thing. <laughs> so he is actually going to double move to get over next to uh, Kira. And that is his turn. And he can see as well the rather beefy looking rock monster. This one's clearly three times faster than the other rock monster. And Brixby is up. Uh, Brixby will move to the southeast 5, 15, and 20. Um, and for his move action, and then for his standard action, he will ready uh, Disrupt Undead if for some reason... Actually, you know what? He'll ready Acid Splash if... Uh, enemy comes within sight. Alright. Now this horrible rock monster is going to use its horrible tentacles to drag itself. 5, 10, 15, 20 feet forward. Oh, there it is. It will lash out a tentacle at Vargas. With its 10 feet of reach. That's not a very good roll. Let's see, what did it get here? Uh, 13. 
That is a miss, just barely. AC 14. All right, so you are safe for one round from this creature. Can Brick see it from there? He could conceivably take his shot. Yeah, uh, I feel like it's it's really questionable if he could, considering the furthest corner of that, the monster square passes through that little rocky overhangy thing. Uh, I don't really know. I mean, if you'd allow it, I'm pretty sure he would have full cover and it would be a really crappy shot. So I'm just going to pass on it. Uh, I had to give you a chance to waste your shot before the Kasatha skeleton uh, <laughs> comes out to take a swing at Asher. So you can take your shot at that one. Excellent. All right, firing into melee here. That is an 18 on the die, which is an 18 uh, because of the negative four. Yep. So, uh, yeah, 18 to hit, coach. 18 hits. Excellent. He uh, extends and tones and launches a glob of acid for one point of damage. Yes. And the glowing green eyes get a little bit dimmer as acid splashes into them. And then it will take its swing at Asher. Ah, oh, that's a seven. That's not going to do it. No, it does not. All right, Kira is up. Well, she was going to be super brave and or heroic and stab this rock thing in the face as vengeance for last time. But now there is a skeleton in her face, so I guess we'll knock that guy out first. Also, you know, greatsword is less reach. Will we knock that guy out? I don't think that we will. But 12, does a 12 hit? No, 12 will not hit. I'm not gonna knock the guy out. She's gonna chill. That's fine. Gonna chill right there, that's my turn. Right. Asher is up. You have a four-clawed skeleton in your face. Dope. Uh, I am going to attempt in acrobatics to avoid an attack of opportunity and moving backwards. Uh, that is ugh, uh, an eight total as I am let down by this dice and moving it into the do not roll zone. All right, it's gonna swing at you for an attack of opportunity. That is a 17. Just misses AC 18. Whew. If your dice can't roll seven. well. Oof. If I can't roll well, at least I could have armor, I guess. Um, I'll back up as soon as the map allows me to not try and scroll. That way I could be out of Brixby's line of sight, but still be you know, close enough to then reload. Kachink and turn. Okay, Vargas, you're up. You got a skeleton next to you and a horrible rock monster that just tried to hit you with a tentacle. Yep, and Vargas does not feel like rolling concentration checks because of this freaking skeleton. So he is going to take a five-foot step to the west just to get out of that ten-foot range of the rock monster. And he is going to attempt to punch this skeleton in the face so that he can cast his spells in peace. Natural one. I'm going to set this die next to the die I was rolling earlier and grab my third d20 of the night. 
and send it on to uh, Brixby's turn. All right. Um, Brixby, seeing Asher move out of his uh, line of effect, uh, he will take advantage of that, taking a five-foot step to the southeast and then continuing his movement another five feet down. So 10-foot, not a whole five-foot step. Uh, in line of sight with the Kasatha, below him he will reach and let go a Disrupt Undead, so flat zero because this creature is in melee. That is a 12 for a 12. 12 touch. against touch. That's not going to do it. Ah. It's a miss. And that's it. All right. Now things are going to get a little bit nasty. Because we are back around to the rock monster's turn. It's going to swing a tentacle each at Vargas and Kira. First, Vargas, you get a 20 to hit. Ugh, yeah, that is a hit. Alright, that is 10 damage. Almost max damage. <laughs> what? And, um, hey, Kira, I don't think it, I don't think you're gonna get hit. That is a 9. Uh, no, no. Just, you know, mildly disturbed. Alright, that is the end of the turn for the big one. But the little one, the Kasatha skeleton, is going to unleash its four claw attacks on Kira. Since it's standing right in front of her. Natural one. Uh, We have a 23. Guessing that hits. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's two damage. Um, A 12. Does, as in, no. And then a 22 on the last one. And that's four damage for the last hit. So Kira is up. You have taken a little bit of a licking. Yeah, okay. Let's see. Thinking if I take a five-foot move uh, step, I can't take another like move adjacent action so I can't do a five foot step and then pull out the thing so I feel like just um, gonna hit this you can't, guy a, yeah a five foot step um, is a free action you just can't move again if you take a, also a five foot step. you you can do a, oh, wait. a move equivalent action uh, like drawing a weapon you could still do oh great okay I wonder if that makes more sense it might not, but I'm gonna do no because I'm gonna be in front of um, uh, in between me and Brixby. So yeah, let's let's just knock out the skeleton. It's gonna work the second time, right? That's how second chances work. Oh thank God. Okay, uh, twenty-two to hit. Twenty-two will hit. Uh, two for twelve points of damage. And it collapses in a pile of bones as so many skeletons have before you before you um can i can i step over no because i'm still well actually no that's gonna be fine now uh that's dead okay uh you can stand in the square it's dead cool okay so i'm gonna five foot step and then draw lucy the lucerne hammer um and that will be my turn all right and asher is up Asher is up, and with the size of this creature, I think I have a pretty clear shot. 
from where I am located currently. Yeah, it's big enough that it doesn't have cover Noise. Uh, going back to old reliable. Portal dice from Cozy Gamer Shop. Gonna take a shot here against Touch AC. Almost out of the dice tray. Rolled a natural one. That's a misfire. Old reliable, he said famously before dying in a blaze of unglory. Well, that's not exactly the outcome I was hoping for. I'll have to take an hour to fix this. Do we have an hour right now, perhaps? No. Yeah, we took a break before. For the thing. Yeah, it's only fair. <laughs> Yes. Well, in the meantime, uh, Asher will use the move action to draw his light mace. Hmm. That's it. All right. Um, Vargas is up. Okay. Uh, trying to figure out. I don't know if this thing is not where it's supposed to. If my screen's not updating, or what's going on with this? <laughs> it it should be ten feet from me, not fifteen. I'm not sure if I moved it or yeah. what happened, but okay. I'll just assume it's ten feet away. Congratulations, you have a free five foot step. <laughs> well, I guess that means that I'm technically out of its range then, so uh, I will use that opportunity to cast a spell without having to roll for concentration. And uh, you see, Vargas just kind of straightens his uh, metal arm out, and it starts crackling with electricity. And then he's going to stay where he is and pretend he took a five-foot step. Or I guess he does that part first and then uh, does the electricity thing. So that is his turn. All right. Brixby, you are up. You want to take this thing out in one shot? Uh, well, Brixby, we'll see that Asher maybe lightly curse at his gun so he can get in front of him uh, taking away his line of effect so he himself can attempt an acid splash uh that is 16 for 16 that hits die hard dice would you believe this thing has a bad touch ac all right here comes the big that is three points of damage sam max five on a d6 First blood on this thing. Alright, well, you made it mad. It is going to, being an intelligent creature, scoot itself up five feet, and it's going to take two swings at the rat that just burned it. Uh, the first one is just a nine. That misses. I might be a wizard, but not that much of a wizard. <laughs> the second one is an 18. I am that much of a wizard, though, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> That is eight damage with the second tentacle. Oh, God. That's half my life. Well, the good news is it's turns over. So we are back to Kira. Yeah, let's, uh, I'm going to take a five-foot step back so I can continue to use Lucy. And yeah, and then maybe, like, eventually we just keep five-foot-stepping five our way out of the cave before this murders us again. <laughs> five-foot step. And a swing. I'm going to have a rage because it feels like just I need to not immediately perish in front of everyone. Well, that's depressing. That's a 
four on the die, plus an eight. No, yes, plus an eight still, um, which is a 12, so. Yeah, 12 is not going to do it. Do I don't it. know. Is that thing squeezing? It might be squeezing. It looks like a squeeze to me. <laughs> squeeze adjacent. It's crammed in there. I think that that's a little bit pushing it to call that squeezing. That's most of two squares it's got right there. Well, Kira will look disappointed <laughs> and angry. You miss all the shots you don't take. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's my turn. Well, the gunless gunslinger is up next. To be fair, he's still gunful. It's just not operational. Uh, so be that as it may, yeah, he can't really add value much from here. So we're looking at Asher is going to, because I do have a bab. Well, you tell me, can I draw an item as part of a move action? Or does it have to be a weapon? I was thinking about drawing a wand. I don't know if I could do that while moving. No, I think that counts as its own move action because it's uh, retrieving the stoda. Yeah, I think you're right. I should have done that instead of the light mace. But, oh well. Feeling foolish for drawing his light mace, Asher will stow it as a move action and then draw the wand of cure light wounds as another move action. Because without his gun and another ranged weapon right now, he is uh, suddenly a battle medic. And that is his turn as he just decides what to hold in his hands. If that doesn't make for compelling radio, what does? (laughs) Alright, Vargas, what do you got? Vargas is going to... Uh, use a new uh, ability that he's got. I actually sort of started using it last round, but he is going to take a five-foot step right up into this thing's business, and he is going to attempt to punch it with his arm that is now crackling with electricity. That is probably going to hit. That is a 23. A 23 will indeed hit. Okay. So then the melee damage is four. And the damage for the spell, which is uh, Shock and Grasp, that is, ooh, nice. That is 11 points of electricity damage. Okay. Shocking. (laughs) It definitely looks shocked. It is still alive, but it looks rough. Uh, Roll that regular attack. And this one, I believe, is going to be at a negative... I believe both attacks are a minus two. Yep, minus two penalty. So that is going to not hit. That is a five with that penalty applied. (laughs) Yeah, five doesn't hit, but you have bloodied this thing rather thoroughly. So perhaps there is hope. Now the question is, can bricks be capitalized? Uh, Brixby, looking at the amount of damage that he was just dealt, and the amount of damage that he is capable of dealing, especially vis-a-vis the rest of his teammates, is going to take a 10-foot step to the north and also enact a class power that he has not yet enacted. He's going to close his eyes and reach out, um, sort of perceiving the contours of the creature in front of him, and use uh, what is called reveal weakness. It's his school power for being a wizard. That's going to give this creature, which is within 30 feet, a negative one to its AC for the rest of his team for the whole round. That's his standard action, so that completes his turn. Okay, you did step out of a threatened square because it has a 10-foot reach. Uh, 
Oh gosh. So it took a, <laughs> it took a swing at you <laughs> on the way. Uh, that is a 12 to hit. I'm guessing that's a miss. That will miss. So no harm, no harm. been there, buddy. <laughs> now this thing is, well, it's got two people within its reach here. So it's going to take one swing at each. So things could get a little bit rough. <laughs> We've been here before. It's <laughs> fine. Uh, the swing at Vargas is going to be an 11 to hit. That is going to be a miss. All right. And then the swing at Kira. Uh, also bad. Uh, that's a 15. Uh, yeah, you say bad. Here's the thing. When I am raging, yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll do it. Okay. Uh, minimum damage, that is six damage. Oh, no. Again, when I'm raging, totally. Actually, hang on. You at zero? Yeah, no. T- totally five. No, not yet. <laughs> oh, God. I'll just stay super mad for the next 36 seconds. So everything's fine for Kira, and it's her turn. Excellent. This is going so well. Um, Yeah, she's going to hit it. She doesn't have to move. It's in her face. Going with Lucy. What was that about we said with the the no roll pile? Mm. All of the dice have betrayed me. That's going to be another 12. This one just going to set it over here. Yeah, 12, even with that minus one penalty to AC, it's not going to hit. Real bummer. Well, that's my turn. Okay, Asher is up. Asher is holding this magical stick in his hand. Since I think I recall seeing how they activated this, he'll sort of awkwardly tap Kira on the shoulder and as he five foot steps to the southeast and will uh, expend a charge of Cure Light Wounds. Woohoo! Maximum eight on the die for nine hit points. I don't know what she just did with that, but it worked. Wow, that seems like it's a bit rejuvenating. I feel so much better. Thank you. Quite welcome. And then we are back around to Vargas. Can you finish this thing off? Maybe. Vargas also remembered that he could have made his attack even stronger and completely forgot to do it last round. So that was an awesome thing to forget to do when using my... uh, level one spell that I don't have anymore. Uh, So he is going to once again use spell combat. Uh, Not going to be using spell strike again because he's out of touch spells, but uh, he is going to take a point from his arcane pool uh, and his arm is going to glow and he's going to get a plus one to attack and damage which will help offset that minus two to also use... Oh, actually... That's actually not going to work, so he's actually, he's still going to use his arcane pool, but he's only going to do a uh, single melee attack, because I forgot I don't have the feet yet, I need to do the other thing I wanted to do. Uh, so, let's see what we got here. That is not great, but with his bonus, it might hit. Does a 13 hit? Uh, 13 does not. Okay. Then he is, as a move action, he is going to take out a potion. And that is his turn. All right, Brixby, you are up once more. All right. Um, well, Brixby is apprehensive to get within the reach of this creature again, uh, not to give Asher more healing to do. So he is going to repeat uh, the same action he did one more time and apply that negative one to that creature's AC. And I will take another use of that ability. And I'm not going to move. 
Actually, wait a light. I'm going to five footstep to the west. There we go. All right. We are back around to the creature. And this time, I think it's going to knock somebody out. Let's go first swing at Vargas, because you're right up in its face. Ah, uh, only a 10. Nope. All right. It is going to... It's going to swing at Kira this time. Ah, oh, also a 10. You clearly have this thing on the ropes. So Kira is up. You are swimming in HP. <laughs> and the monster is quite incompetently just flailing. Yeah, well, not regret saying that, I'm sure. Oh, thank God. Okay, 14 plus 8. I can do math. 22. Yep, great. 22 to hit. <laughs> that will hit. Fantastic. This is Lucerne and Hammer, so I'm going to pull out my d12 and hope it will not do me like the rest of the die tonight. Oh, it won't. 8 plus 9, 17 points of damage. Nice. Is it dead? It is. The tentacles flop to the floor of the cave as the horrible rock monster, beefier though it was than its cousin by the other entrance, collapses dead. And we are out of combat. Guys, we are not great at fighting these rock things, or at least not up close. Maybe I should get a gun. We should all get guns, yeah. I'm just not great at fighting anything, especially this. Good job, big stuff. Yeah, well, after the last time, I guess I had to reclaim my something. I don't know if it was worth it. Vargas, are you okay? Uh, Vargas is gonna look down at the potion in his hand and shove it back onto his belt and look over past you to Asher and go, I guess I don't need this. Allow me. Seem to be getting the hang of it. And he'll tap you on the shoulder with the wand. Uh, yeah, a little bet Midler. Uh, four plus one for five. Uh, need another. So. I would not mind another. I'm at exactly half. Oh, yes, please. Uh, ooh, that's better. Seven on the die for eight. Oh, yeah, no, that's perfect. I am Excellent. one under full, so I'm fine. Ah, not to um, corner you in this corner here, but if you're handing out healing, I am quite wounded. Well, well I can certainly do that, and I don't know that I quite took care of Kira's wounds either. I could be less close to dying. Well, uh, yeah, one tap for Brixby first. Another seven on this D8. Thanks, Work and See Gameworks. It's uh, eight. That is, that heals me to full. That's all my, all my damage. Thank you. You're welcome. And for Kira, uh-oh, that was a one for a two. And another tap for, yep, there's a seven again. Uh, eight more. That should be great. Actually, though, no, I'm full. Burning charges like, it's no tomorrow. Maybe there is no tomorrow. <laughs> it's quite fortunate we have someone as skilled in the healing arts as you are, Asher. You're a man of many talents. <laughs> well, if you'd asked me to do this a few days ago, I would have looked at you in confusion. But it seems as though my talents are growing, perhaps. Recalling a bit of what uh, I'd seen some companions do. Interesting times. It does seem we've gotten a bit stronger down here. I've noticed in, in everybody's prowess. I mean, maybe not me. I didn't do very well against that rock. But speaking of which, that skeleton, did it lead us to it? Or was there something else in that room beyond it? 
It looks like just old stuff, but... Could be both. You can check it out. I'm all healthy and whatnot. Yes, perhaps the necromancer was thinking this might destroy us, leading us here to our deaths. Sorry to disappoint you, Dark Caster, if you can hear me. It'll take more than a rock creature and some green-eyed skeletons to take us four down. Asher calls up into the air. And as you uh, move into what was apparently the lair of this rock creature, uh, you see much the same decor as you saw in the other half of the cave. There are strange shell fragments and bits of bone lying scattered across the floor in this large chamber, and ancient cave paintings of four-armed humanoids and strange animals all over the walls. But on the south wall, there's a particularly unusual depiction. It looks like an oblong shape burning in the sky above several kneeling kasathas, and this takes up the whole southern wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you say burning oblong shape, does it look possibly like a ship or like a sun or like a planet of some type? Or it's like a, a crude kind of oval style shape that is wrapped in in like crude drawing of fire so you know it could be like a some kind of a ship it could be maybe a meteor it, it's very difficult to tell it's very crude drawing would either uh history or religion give something on it um yeah, uh, probably not religion uh probably okay. more history uh, either or oh i have the same bonus to both actually okay i didn't know if maybe it looked like something like that they drew as like a worshipy type thing Okay, that's a 23 history. With a 23, I mean, this evokes in in your mind memories of the reign of stars, basically (laughs) big flaming things falling from the sky. Um, You know it's happened, or, I mean, legends say it's happened on Galarian before. Mm -hmm. Um, You'd never heard of these Kasatha being present for it. Yeah. And he's going to say, looking at that, he's going to be, say, these drawings, they remind me of the stories that are passed down within our clans of the Reign of Stars, but this looks as though these creatures were already here when it happened. So where did they come from? Perhaps the same place, just earlier, maybe... They came searching. Maybe they crashed. But it is interesting to know that they precede this reign of stars, you call it. And while we're pondering these strange cave paintings, uh, we're going to leave it here for the week because I'm going to bed. Good night, Good night Sam. Night, Sam. Jeff, one day we're going to just tag team it and we'll both say night, Sam, at the same time. But not today. <laughs> against the machine. Pot Against the Machine is property of its creators, all rights reserved. Pathfinder and the Iron Gods Adventure Path are properties of Paizo Publishing. Please visit them at paizo.com for more information. Theme Against the Machine, written and performed by our own Zach. Please consult the show notes for additional music and sound effect licensing information. 
I rolled a 17 on the die, giving me a flat. Okay, and who are you again? <laughs> uh, I am Jero playing Jeff. <laughs> oh, lose so many subscriptions. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to cut this whole part. That's what you think.